wonderful Radio Flanagan with me, Paul Flanagan. This is the Don't Try This at Home non-hitchhiking stories <laughs> this actually started off this morning in the car and I was all set to trundle along and tell you some various hitchhiking stories from the past and they would all be in a prelude for the Fab Fours French Frolic which is a podcast coming up soon all about a little hitchhike down to the south of France in 1983 myself and three friends did it and uh, it was quite a laugh. I know, I was there. So anyway, um, yeah, and uh, I've left a few things in there in the in the podcast. Um, it kind of uh, broke down here and there, but you know, what the hell? This is the way things happen sometimes, and uh, it's it's quite uh, au natural. Anyway, um, sit back, enjoy. Enough of that, we'll get to that later on. 
So the, the, the whole thing about hitchhiking, I remember uh, when I did, I've got uh, five older brothers and in, in their time um, they would hitchhike because we originally lived up in the northeast of England and they were at sort of, uh, a couple of them were at university in London. So they would uh, hitchhike up and down the country and, you know, think nothing of it really. So um, so following in their footsteps or their thumb steps, as it were, I, uh, I, think, I think I might have been about 17 or 18, I decided I would set off on, um, on this hitchhiking adventure and I'd go down and visit one of my brothers down in London. So uh, off, I, off I set. <laughs> I can't remember how I got uh, my first lift. I got a lift to, um, oh no, I do actually, yeah. Uh, it was actually right from the outskirts of my hometown. So I literally walked out the front door, walked onto the main road, uh, stuck my thumb out, and this guy gave me a lift. And it was one lift, it was just one lift, and he was going to London. And uh, he, he, um, he dropped us off at Wembley. <laughs> Can you believe it? So <clears throat> I, I had uh, myself all prepared for, you know, psychologically, mentally, physically, all prepared for, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, mini adventures on the way. And it was just one lift with one block. Having said that, it was also the quickest I've ever got to London in my entire life. Uh, we did it in about four and a half hours non-stop. Uh, actually, you know, there was one stop near Leeds um, because I had to get out and use the toilet, uh, which was a field. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it was it was one stop um, at Leeds and then non-stop all the way to uh, <clears throat> all the way to Wembley. Hey, bit of traffic. Um, yes, and uh, and then when I got to Wembley, I think it was they dropped it off near Wembley Park Tube Station. I uh, got the wrong way on the tube, <laughs> and then and then I, I got off the tube again, and the former brother, uh, I said, "Where am I?" He goes, I don't know, where are you? I go, I'm here. And he said, I'll come and get you. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, I could, I, could get, I could get the length of England in a car, complete stranger's car, but I couldn't get on the tube and find my way to Islington. Hey, what the hell? So that was the first lift um, over and done with. Um, and that was, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't monumental by any means. It was, uh, and, I, and, and it wasn't kind of like a, I didn't really get the, the bug, or the um, you know the the, uh, the feel, or the want, or the need, uh, you know, to go hitchhiking on a regular basis. But I did want to try it again. So I think this one was now in the um, uh, Easter time of 1983. I know this because uh, the summer time of 1983 was the Fab Fo's French Frolic. <laughs> so. <clears throat> The Easter time, it was a practice hitch to France. Can you imagine? <laughs> a practice hitch, like it was, you know, we're not, talking about, we're not talking about walking down the road to the corner shop to get a loaf of bread here. We're talking about going the length of England and then across the channel and then into France. So um, there was me and my mate, whose name I shan't mention, let's just call him Mr. X. <laughs> so me and Mr. X, Mr. X was a bit of a wild child. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> but um, I can't go into those stories either. Uh, so we decided, and he was not the hitchhiking sort of person, uh, to be honest. I think I blagged him into it. Um, and I was going, uh, Mr. X, I says to him, uh, you know, we can do this. You know, we can hitchhike. I've done it loads of times. 
that was my Pinocchio nose going there. I've done it loads of times. It's 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 dead easy. You just go now. Of course, the whole concept of hitchhiking with two people came into play because, um, as you know, as a hitchhiker or as a person who picks up hitchhikers, uh, two people makes it very difficult, um, damn near impossible sometimes. You know because nobody wants to pick up, particularly two weird-looking blokes. And you know we were two weird-looking straggly looking students um, <clears throat> but uh, sorry uh, the funny thing is uh, I got in the car this morning without a bottle of water so it's, uh, there'd be a, a bit of uh, coughing and a bit of spluttering every now and again so we set off and I don't remember the lifts down to um, down to France uh, sorry uh, down to London or to Dover I do remember um, sleeping in uh, Dover Priory Park uh, the night before because um, like us there was lots of other weird and wonderful people who had hitched down through the UK or had got the uh, you know the cheap bus or whatever and um, were getting on the first ferry the next morning and <clears throat> this was at the time before um, <laughs> security in fact you could say this was at the time before they built the um, so 1983. So if you can cast your minds back to 1983, for those who were born um, <clears throat> and, may, and perhaps living in the Dover area and who knew all about the Dover port, um, it wasn't that big then. It wasn't that um, uh, you could effectively and I did do it one time. You could actually go and sleep in the port terminal. That's actually sleep on the floor. Uh, we'd actually went down there and it was full. <laughs> the floor was full. So we so we came back out. And, uh, and we went up to Dover Priory Park, and then the following morning we came back down again. So we got over to um, uh, uh, the Cross Channel Ferry. wasn't very pleasant, I have to say. It was. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've been on the Cross Channel Ferry. I, I, I have actually been on the Cross Channel Ferry um, several times. Not to over to Dover um, on, a, on a previous uh, expedition where I. Um, was living in Belgium for a short time. I say living. It was kind of like interloping, really. Uh, and I did come backwards and crossbuds. Back, back, backwards and crossbuds? <laughs> backwards and forwards uh, from <clears throat> Dover to Ostend uh, quite a bit. And the Dover to Ostend ferry, um, particularly during winter time, can be a bit rough. And my uh, my routine for travelling on the uh, the Dover Ostend ferry was um, get a big. This is before um, you have to remember. This is quite a while ago. Uh, so this is before I uh, found out that I was uh, <laughs> type two diabetic. <laughs> so um, you have to get um, as much you know energy inside you as you can when you're on the ferry. So I used to get. Uh, they used to sell these like massive bars of Cadbury's chocolate. I mean, like things you could sleep on. They were huge. So <clears throat> I used to get a big bar of Cadbury's chocolate and a mahoosive cup of uh, Coke, and I would go and sit in the TV lounge and watch the uh, cartoons with all the kids in there because they also had the most comfortable chairs in there as well. You had to know your stuff. And and one ferry crossing coming back over, uh, it was so rough. Um, oh God. Uh, <laughs> to put it mildly, the toilets in the cross-channel ferries have a big, massive step in. It's like uh, it's like being on a ship, um, so um, you have to step into them. And unfortunately, there've been a lot of people who've been ill that day. So as the ferry was, sw- was um, you know, swaying backwards and forwards, 
all this stuff on the bathroom floor and the ferry was like sloshing up. It was just gross anyway. I'm grossing myself out here as well, so I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so cross channel ferry. So we got over to um, Calais and, and uh, uh, again at that time, uh, when you got off at Calais, um, you, you could, uh, this, is, this is, remember, this is pre um, migrants, you know, this is 1983, so, uh, and this is pre, basically, you got off the ferry and got outside the gate, and that was it. And there's kind of like a, uh, or there was kind of like a hinterland between uh, the port and the small town of Calais. It was like rough scrub area, um, uh, one road, as far as I can remember. Um, oh yeah, we we got a lift actually. <laughs> yeah, we got a lift from a port to Calais, which is about three minutes, something like that. I remember getting off in Calais, and um, we walked up this little side street, and I was thinking, where are we? <laughs> I, like, we were clearly in France, you know, but it looked like the the France or the French Resistance days, you know. <laughs> I expected Michelle from the Resistance to pop out and say, "Listen very carefully. I shall say this only once." <laughs> so we decided it wasn't really worth our while uh, hitchhiking anywhere. So we got on the train to Paris. Paris, eh, get Paris. No, I mean, um, unfortunately, the um, the train uh, pulls in at the the Gare du Nord. Uh, the Gare du Nord in Paris is. Um, Oh, look, <clears throat> sorry, it's got accident, slow down, get out of this lane. Oh, that'll be me. Uh, yeah, so the Gare du Nord in Paris is, um, uh, it, it was at that time uh, a pretty rough area, uh, as was uh, the old King's Cross area used to be like this as well. So, uh, let me see, what am I doing here? Mr. X, we ended up getting on the train uh, in Calais and um, getting off the Gare du Nord in Paris. And uh, it was, um, yeah, it's it, 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 basically <clears throat> there was still a very big um, red light area uh, around the Gare du Nord at that point, and there may well still be a red light area around there. And when I mean red light, I don't mean <clears throat> there was lots of red lights. All right, I mean, there was lots of red lights, well, and I don't mean there's shops that sell red lights. Do I have to explain it? Okay, there was lots of knocking shops. And again, I don't mean places where people would go along and go, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about places where, oh, how can I put it? Ladies of the night would offer their wares. And I don't mean Tupperware either, you know, I'm talking about, you know, Nookie. <laughs> anyway, you know, you get the picture. So, <clears throat> it was a really rough, <clears throat> pardon me, a really rough area. And, but we needed somewhere to stay. Uh, and so, uh, we went into one of these, you know where a, a hotel consists of a single doorway in the street that goes upstairs? Oh yeah, uh, it was one of those hotels. So we went in there, <laughs> upstairs, and it was a tiny, it was just like a little, um, the, the guy at the desk, it was like a little cloakroom in the wall, it was just like a, a hole in the wall where he sat, and uh, you know, we were speaking our best school French 
but he wasn't interested. So effectively, I can't remember what it was, something like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, 10, U, 10, oh no, it's francs still then, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever it was, 10 francs or something. And, um, and that included breakfast. Now that bit is vitally important, that included breakfast. So we were on our way um, to our room and uh, and there was literally it was it was like some sort of uh, movie. There, there, there was basically hookers coming out of all rooms, um, and it was like, oh my god! Anyway, so he quickly directed us off that floor <clears throat> into a lift up to like the the third floor or the fourth floor, which was like uh, the top part of the building that was being uh, renovated at the time. So uh, there was the smell of uh, paint um, as a to the smell of sweating bodies on lower floors and uh, so there, there was a smell of paint and there was uh, the decorators everywhere and he, he, he put us in this room brand new uh, freshly decorated and everything absolutely fantastic not a problem okay see you mate and we'd gone and got some sandwiches or something already so we um, <clears throat> ate our uh, uh, ham sandwiches because <laughs> we're, we're English you know you, you you always when you're abroad you always seek out ham sandwiches and um, supermarkets as well. You know they're not big on fresh cut made sandwiches in uh, in French supermarkets. It's, it's like a weird thing. You have to go along to the um, the weird food section for uh, English people abroad to find sandwiches. So we had our meal <coughs> of sandwiches, and, uh, and then we were, we were quite knackered because um, you know it had been a long day. Quite literally, we started off. In the northeast of England, early in the morning, um, got down to Calais, got on the ferry, came over. Actually, we slept the night in Calais, but still, sleeping in the park wasn't that fantastic. So the next morning, <coughs> uh, I think it was about <coughs> nine o'clock or something. Uh, we went down to uh, to get our petit déjeuner. You know what I mean? And um, Big Jack, I don't know what his name was. Uh, Big Jack was telling us. No petit déjeuner, and we were like, "What? No, no, no! No petit déjeuner! Like there was no breakfast." And he specifically said, and "I, I understood what he said. He said avec petit déjeuner. That was the day before. See, see, French comes in handy when you need it when you want your breakfast." So uh, there was nothing we could do. We were literally right fucked off. So we went back up to the room, <laughs> and. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that I enjoyed this. I'm saying I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so we trashed the room, basically. <laughs> Just thought, fuck this shit. You know, we'll get our 10 francs worth of breakfast out in the room. So so we trashed the room and, uh, uh, and then we left. <laughs> so really, <clears throat> that wasn't really so much of a hitchhiking story. More of a story about what to do if you're caught in the Red Light District Hotel in Paris. Don't, don't rely on the fact that you're going to get breakfast and take two lots of ham sandwiches. I think that's the lesson there. <clears throat> but <laughs> so the, ne the next kind of sort of a big hitching episode would have been the Fab Four's French Frolic, but we're going to do that in a separate podcast. Uh, after that, I think um, I used to uh, hitchhike quite regularly uh, when I worked in London. I, I moved down to London. And I, I got a job working for the Royal National Institute for the Blind um, in their sound recording studios that used to be in Goswell Road. 
in London. I mean, I've told the story already. I did actually about <coughs> holding the blind to ransom, but that really wasn't it. Um, the hitchhiking story is that uh, the company used to operate a flexi time service so that you could build up um, X amount of hours and they allowed you to build up <coughs> two days of flexi time a month. So two days of flexi time, <coughs> that's just no good, sorry. days of flexi time a month uh, allowed you to, uh, or allowed me anyway, to take off a Monday and a Friday. <coughs> no, it's not good. Oh yes, you might have noticed that I left, um, <laughs> I left a few errors in there. I just thought, you know what? I just wanted to show that um, even I can basically cock up. <laughs> I was going to edit it all out and, and, you know, I thought, no, do you know what? It's, it's, it's I, I don't mind. You know, it was a laugh. So, uh, so there you go. So that was the drive. Um, <laughs> partly the drive to work, partly the drive home, partly some kind of non-hitchhiking stories, things to do with France, but... Um, in in a very short space of time, we will be getting the Fab Four's French Frolic, which is going to be um, a lot more entertaining. <laughs> so, there you are. Um, that's it for today's show. Well, that's the end of another show from wonderful Radio Flanagan and me, Paul Flanagan. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know I have. <laughs> and, um, well, I'll uh, catch you next time on Wonderful Radio Flanagan.